Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking out this uh, video. So, um, and uh, audio version uh, as well. So, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what we did this week and maybe play around a little bit and uh, all that. So, uh, we talked a good bit about connecting uh, pentatonics with uh, heptatonics. Um, for, if you're not familiar with that word, um, heptatonic, um, it's just the, the seven note scale. So kind of like your major scales and things. So um, talked about that. Um, and we will in general be talking a lot about pentatonics um, on the YouTube channel and on the podcast and just generally, um, you know, as we explore the guitar and everything. Um, so we think about the numbers of, uh, of notes, right? And we think about, let's say, an octave shape. If we have um, a triad, we have uh, like three notes, right? Okay. So we could have all sorts of triads. We have uh, diminished, four basic types, uh, minor. Number three is is important, um, and then with pentatonics, there we have a major pentatonic, and we can kind of associate all of these with the um, with all these different types of of triads. So let's say we have a diminished triad. say okay so there's a, a minor pentatonic with a flat five there okay so um, another type of um, pentatonic that will kind of fit that diminished triad sound is the the first I guess uh, I guess it would be the second inversion of uh, a dominant pentatonic. So, okay, and that gives you um, other other tones in there, which might suggest um, uh, some other other chords as well. So, like a half diminished type of a chord for that, for actually both of those. Another pentatonic. If you're if you're thinking about fully diminished, 
might say okay. This is kind of pentatonic. Uh, or five note, note scale. So some of these are you might think of as being kind of kind of synthetic. Um, like this particular one. This is a particular sound on this type of chord. You have a C diminish seven. Uh, often, oftentimes, just give that a little more bite. We have this uh, tone up here, with, which is the flat 13. Right, so if we take a diminished triad, C diminished triad, and then we add this tone and that tone, we get something that works well for the um, diminished seven chord. So we're kind of stacking, stacking things, stacking uh, numbers here. Um, and then of course you get minor triad. So we can build on top of that, add add two, two notes. So fairly common to play the minor pentatonic. So that's, that's a very, very well-known pentatonic scale. And that's the relative minor of E flat major pentatonic. Um, but what if you want, this is like kind of the nice thing about thinking about a triad too, is thinking a little bit about the seventh is going to be or even a six rather than a seven so what if we had if we had that and we had pentatonic so we get um so a sort of f dominant pentatonic And then, you know, coming up with other things too, you know, maybe major seven type sounds. So you might say, okay, E minor triad, let's put a major seven on it, minor major seven. So you might put that 11 in there. And then a nine. instead of the 11. So, so many things to, to explore there with uh, pentatonic scales. Um, and then we have uh, the major triad. So we have major pentatonic for one. Um, we, we could also think about sort of a C major nine sort of sound. And this one, we could also think maybe flat seven. So, so that's the dominant pentatonic. There's so many things to explore there with the dominant. Um, so many different um, ways of kind of coloring that. So flat nine, natural five, um, maybe playing like um, 
again in there. Um, and then the augmented. Try a might have augmented major seven, in which case you might I play. Something like that with the with the nine in there. Maybe play um sharp four and sharp five. Um, and then of course dominance, you're just gonna get a ton of mileage out of that augmented triad. A lot of practical things that you can do. So, so many things to, to build up, up to. Um, and then, of course, doing all of those, uh, I know it probably sounds like a lot, but um, doing all those um, pentatonics and then building two notes on top of that. So take, take a triad, add two notes, take the pentatonics, add two notes, and you get to seven. So that's where maybe I'll kind of simplify a little bit and maybe share some of the um, the, the screens uh, that we got to. I have a lot more plans on um, on this subject. Um, so um, so we'll take a take a look at some of the things things we did. Uh, maybe we'll start with that uh, since we uh, are talking about it. So let's go into um, hitting the basics here and uh, Talk about this a little bit. So if we um, take, let's say, the major pentatonic, and we add a couple of notes to it, uh, we can we can collectively get the um, Ionian mode, or really any of the modes. So let's take a moment to check check out out this and think about the sound and everything. All right, so let's say we have the uh C major pentatonic here. So let's say we're looking at that that area there. Okay. So if we add these tones here, the fa and t using solfege. Thank you. 
we can associate that with the C major chord. And um, let's compare that to the Lydian. This is a really great way to um, work on your chord scales, work on modes of the major scale. Um, and even we're going to get into some other other types of scales too. Um, you can see here. We can play that so almost the same scale. That's a Lydian versus Ionian. Okay. All right, so we get those uh, two sounds. All right, we're doing this video live, so I'm just going to check in with the, the chat and see Check out any comments, and if if um, if you have any questions about about this after the fact, uh, um, place a a comment down below. All right, so let's take a look at the mixolydian type mode. So this has a different chord quality associated with it. We have a flat seven now. And so we play that same C major pentatonic. Have that flat seven. So that is um, for the dominant seven. So a couple other things uh, that we're going to get into um, as we as we work through th through these things is uh, we'll play um, for one the Lydian dominant. Okay, and then we're also looking at minor modes and things. So um, that will all tie in to, to each, each one of these. So as, as, as we talked about this week, there are the sort of, sort of pairs of um, uh, chord scales or modes as we think about, about these. So Mixolydian, Phrygian. Um, so leaving off on that Mixolydian, there's another mode, I don't know if folks are familiar with this on the channel, but um, there's another mode or another uh, type of pentatonic scale called the dominant pentatonic. Okay, and that's kind of the same thing, we could... thing about this is um, 
is you get um, pentatonic openness sort of sound, but you, you get a chord tone for the dominant chord. Um, and then you can start altering it. So just trying to get, um, so you want to get really familiar with all that. change it around and um, and adjust it but that's a lot that's a lot to take in um, so we have you know moving through the neck another um, related mode to that which I was thinking about kind of pairing that as well which kind of ends up going a little bit in the opposite direction so if we took the C dominant pentonic and looked at paired it with the E minor 7 flat 5, we get another really useful mode for, for minor 7 flat 5. But um, we could kind of go on and on and talk about all of this. I don't know uh, how familiar everybody is with all of these things, so I don't want to um, get too too deep as uh, today because we're just kind of reviewing. Um, so let's check out some things that we did on practice ideas and uh, concepts. So I think I'm going to really post my worksheet that I use for private students. I think I think I might just start posting this on the um, um, uh, member area. And, uh, you know, some of my my thoughts on um, on on this just in general, um, I'll tell a couple of stories. Um, I had a, a, a student, so I'm thinking about online learning. Um, there are some really great strengths to it. I've seen folks do really great with some things. Um, I've also seen the, the, maybe the darker side of it, um, too. So I'll tell just a couple of stories about, um, private students, so I'll start with kind of the, the darker side of it. Um, so I had, I had a student come in who had been playing guitar for I think somewhere between three and five years. And um, he learned solely on the internet. And he came in and his, his technique was really, really, really bad. Um, and once you start, once he started learning those, and this applies to anyone, uh, once you start learning those habits, they're really, really hard to undo. So um, that's why it's really important to get that feedback from from someone um, who can watch and listen listen to you. And that's where the private lessons, you know, come in and, and are very strong. Um, things like just listening for issues with time, listening for issues with uh, dynamics, listening 
to issues with um, technique um, and and things like that because technique is is very important. One doesn't really need to be like a great technician or something, but you have to really be able to get a clear sound and get your ideas across. So, um, so it is, it is very, uh, important. So, um, so that's one of the, the kind of pitfalls I think of, of online learning. Now, um, with, um, so I'll tell another story, which is, um, um, more a little more of a successful story. So I had a, a student who um, he he came in and um, and played um, played pretty okay um, and had been working you know online and um, I I would say to him, okay, you want to learn this song? And maybe I had a video on it. I don't remember if it was my video or someone else's, but I think it was mine, but I said, okay, work with this video and, um, and then, you know, come back next week and, and we'll see where you are with it. And, um, just, you know, really floored me how, how, how great, uh, the progress was over, over the course of, of the week. Cause when you sit down with someone and try to work with them on like a melody, like, okay, put your finger here, put your finger here this over here um it's hard for them to go home and, and work from that um although there are you know replays of videos and stuff but um but that's kind of um a strength i think of of the internet so when i when i think about what's going to be most effective for most people I think it's like a combination of, of the two, you know, working on, um, on these, and that's what I think this member area is so great for is, uh, supplementing, um, and then folks can come in and do the, um, lessons from time to time and, um, and then they get the feedback and also can get any personal attention with anything that kind of didn't make sense uh, from from watching the video and also also strength of, of the um, live stream too because folks can ask questions okay so um let's let's take a look at at the november worksheet so this is kind of what i i do uh for folks in the private studio and I've been doing these types of worksheets for um, many, many, many years. Um, so I just I just put them together, and it they do kind of evolve a little bit. But um, you get four types of scales: uh, you get the major scale, harmonic minor scale, melodic minor scale, and then harmonic major. And so one thing that you want to do uh, with this and one thing that we've been working on uh, this week 
is to go basically basically from from one note to the other um, an octave so that would be C Lydian that we just played there um, but you know try all the different Uh, mode, so it's a G. Now this is the uh, relative perspective, which doesn't lend itself as well to hearing the differences between modes, although you can hear them. Um, but when you take one root note and you do the parallel perspective and adjust things around, you can really hear uh, the contrast. But um, but it's important, you know, to be able to do this relative motion here, and you really get a sense for how chords move, you know, from one to the next in the key, and then and get a sense for for all that. So that's been uh, one of the goals there um, that I've been, as, as things evolve, uh, trying to think about um, how, how to, you know, relay the idea of a practice session and stuff like that. So one thing we've been doing, which um, I did a bunch of videos on this kind of thing early on back probably in February is kind of this idea of moving, playing octave shapes. you can fill this in with all sorts of different things. So if you have this going on, you have the foundation, right, of the building um, or the foundation of, of the fingerboard. Um, if you're laying out just one note over the neck. So this up above combines those two. So this is like the pattern, and I talked about this in the live stream, I think on Tuesday, um, uh, just like the open channel live stream, um, is this as a, as a core pattern. So we did some exercises with, you know, you can do that, kind of remind yourself. Arpeggios there for arpeggios, doing it in another position, um, and then working on some uh, some of the um, scales as well. So the one thing that's that's sort of um, I think an issue in general on on learning. 
learning on guitar. Um, or really, I think this is just kind of any instrument is that in a, in a moment in time, there's a certain sound. And so if you're, if you're in a key and let's say the key's not really changing or anything, let's say if you're in a key and you play like C major seven, the chord is C major seven something like that there are going to be certain consonant tones because they are part of of the chord um, and they'll have you know varying degrees of of their own consonants or dissonance but the other tones the other three notes in the scale dissonant right and those are sometimes called upper structure triads but this is a very dynamic thing so if you have g7 we're in the same key now the um the notes of of g are more are, are more consonant right so so then It's a little bit of, of tension, and then and then now, now C C is real dissonant, and then uh, the other the other two are are somewhat dissonant, but um, so that's that's kind of an issue with with all of this is that um, we have chord scales to learn, so it's. Um, it's important to, to know scales. Um, but it's important to know like in context. And um, um, one time I was I was playing in a, a band and um, uh, we we played like every every day and ro rotating members uh, from time to time and they would be with us for um, three months or six months or something and then get kind of swapped out and um, so we had an uh, evening that was we had a couple jazz oriented things we had a couple. Uh, show type type things and um so we had one uh saxophone player that came on and and she was fairly inexperienced but had good reading ability um but um she went to take a solo and it was it wasn't it wasn't bad or anything but um but she afterwards she was talking about it and and uh you know, saying, well, you know, I, I played this scale on it. Um, and that's, that's where you have to kind of get into the chords. Because um, if you just play a scale um, and you don't specifically understand which 
note on the scale is relating to what on what chord, then you're, you're, it still might not sound um, like you're connecting with the music. So, so that's where understanding the modes and understanding the chord scale relationship is incredibly um, important, you know. Because if you have, let's say, I'm sure why I'm getting a little distortion here, but I need to turn this down. Got here. Let's see if I can just re readjust. I don't hear anything. Turn this up just a little bit. Try to get more of a. That's pretty good. Maybe too loud. So if you say, well, if the chord is, is G7, and you start playing like on C, um, that's technically the correct scale to play. I mean, correct, I say correct because it's, it's just like, that's where G7 is. Um, um, it's in the key of C, but um, but if you start on C, for example, and play a C major scale, um, that's probably the most dissonant tone on that chord, the C. Right, so you have to really know where those arpeggios are, those chord tones. And kind of the exciting thing about that is uh, being able to change change tones and alter things, and you know you have that core element there. So anyway, getting back to the practice uh, practice along. Um, so then we you know look at some pentatonics, and that, that's kind of the idea is to you know on these is to get really good at connecting with the fingerboard, connecting with the sound, knowing where root notes are, right? And being able to relate uh, to a chord sound. Um, then we got into some rhythms. So th this is another just really important thing, uh, which is to if you're pl playing a scale, you know, um, is to be able to play it, you know, be able to play a particular rhythm and uh, move through it. Okay, and then we looked at some some chords you want to know. Some are kind of more. High priority than others. 
I'd say. Like that one, you might not end up playing a lot, but same chord on these middle four strings, pretty common. And this one too. So this is goal here is to give something specific to practice, something to maybe play along with me a little bit or pause. Folks can kind of pause the video and, and start in again um, after they've repeated an exercise or something. So that's kind of the whole um, idea uh, with all that. All right, now another thing uh, I've been checking out here uh, is kind of the idea of um, studying um, you know someone's playing you know like a um, particular uh, musician. So um, that's a lot of what I'm kind of gearing the um, uh, overview and analysis. So we looked at a couple things this week. We looked at, um, we looked at the um, uh, Yardbird Suite Solo, uh, Tal Farlow. Let me see if I can uh, kind of get this, um, you know, play play around a little bit on it, um, and. Uh, They play a little phrases. So we're try trying to get into um, kind of what someone does, you know, what a musician does on a particular um, tune or a particular change. And I'm even thinking now um, I might I might do a little bit of um, maybe taking just a phrase or something, maybe just really like diving into it um, or something. So see how that goes um, goes tomorrow there. Um, uh, or or this next week. All right, but let's check this out a little bit. So we um, looked a little bit. My students is calling me. Um, got a student coming at 5.30. Well, they didn't come early. So um, 
So I apologize about that, but make sure they're not leaving anybody hanging here. Um, let's take a look at this. This was kind of the first line. We'll just take a look at this. So get a G7. I'm going to try to work with the tab tablature here a little bit. Um, So, you know, try to work on playing the sound of the chord and just thinking about, you know, what each note uh, sounds like as it relates to, to the chord and if possible, uh, see if you can, um, you know, number it. So, So the B flat on a G7, that's going to be the sharp nine. Uh, for that. So that's a, you know, particular thing that's significant. So we've got so think about the chord sound and then so here's a little bit of a practice idea so you can say okay I want to take that sound and now in C means no chord but it does go from G7 take a look at um, I you know ideally try to move away from uh, tablature but okay this is a good way to take um, this is something I was thinking about earlier today um, is to take something and and think about okay is that uh, a particular chord that they're playing um, or is that a particular um, uh, or arpeggio, you know, because we do hear this, uh, we just got a G minor seven on that G, G seven chord. So I can say, oh, maybe, you know, like use that in my own playing. Say, oh, maybe, you know, maybe do a 
conceptual sort of thing. Think. And then the C. Um, now it says no chord, but you could also say, okay, well, does this suggest something? Uh, okay, you get this little chromatic tone here uh, moving forward. Okay, so this is likely setting up the F major seven. So he plays this in F major. So we get So then is he playing two beats early and getting giving us some of that F major sound, right? So this could be you know, so it's written as no chords, so it's kind of fun to to take a look and say, okay. Um Those are some things that are kind of fun uh, to to try and and think about, you know, where that line came from. Now, when someone's improvising, um, it's hard to speak for them necessarily, but they've got a lot of language that they've developed over time, um, maybe from working with. Um, uh, transcriptions uh, of their own, um, maybe from just playing and and sort of developing certain um, phrases and things. Um, but there's going to be you're going to be able to find some sort of uh, logic, you know, in what they're uh, doing. So. everybody well uh that's gonna pretty much conclude our talk that's that's most of most everything that we talked about i think um so um so hope everybody had a good week of practice so um thanksgiving day i didn't uh get any uh videos out but i'm kind of assuming most folks are are a little bit busy at least One's in the U.S., so um, kind of doing family things. So um, I hope everybody's having a great week and a great time with the uh, member area. And um, and let me know if you have any questions or um, need any, any help on anything. And I'll see you all in the next one.